0: Hello, Star Wars Rebels fans! Welcome to another edition of the Star Wars Rebels After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season Three, Episode Nine? Question mark. Because uh, who really knows when it comes to the numbering system? The Win Kathu job. Try saying that three times fast. We've got a ton of great stuff to talk to you guys t- about tonight. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan fan discussion. After buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin I don't know about you but I think we should pull a heist
1: I feel like that's not a good idea Is
0: that not the moral you took away from this episode If we're going to
1: pull a heist we really shouldn't discuss it in public <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need to assemble a
1: team. <laughs> I was just thinking of Dr. Horrible and that I need to watch what I say on this vlog. <laughs> that's that's, what, Turns I, that's out, what I'm thinking here. Captain, so now we can't pull a heist because you proposed it and they'll be looking for us. Captain to go. Hammer
0: watches to this go. as does the city police department.
1: <laughs> and that's why we can't pull a heist
0: now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I've gone ahead and ruined it. Anyway, you have. Oh my God. I am the worst. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Rebels fans! Welcome to another episode of the Star Wars Rebels After Show on AfterBuzz TV. As you heard in the cold open, we are talking about the Wing Kathu job, and that is a really hard word to say. Uh, but yeah, uh, let me go ahead and introduce the fantastic panel that we have here tonight. Sadly, Emma Fife is out on an away mission, so we're she- only two thirds as fantastic. <laughs> that is a fact. That's we're fantastic. fantastic. That's math. That's math for you right there. I'm an um, English
1: major. Be proud
0: of me. <laughs> but but you can follow her at Emma Fife. Uh, at, that's basically her name. Uh, F's, not S's, as in snake. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, please tweet her your well wishes. Uh, she's under the weather this week. Please tweet her your well wishes so that she gets well soon. Uh, to my left, we have the fantastic Katie Cullen. Hi, all
1: my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That is K I A X E T. And to my
0: right, we have Megan Salinas. Hello, you guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Katie's got her eye on the live chat, and we are both going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag #ABTVRebels, aka the best hashtag that we have here at AfterBuzz. <laughs> I don't know, I'm particularly fond of our
1: alphabet soup hashtags, but those are different Those are
0: always fun, and I always have a special fondness for the RWBY ABTV, because that was... That was was first. It was. That's also
1: why it's backwards. Everything (laughs) else is backwards. We were first. (laughs) That is is also true. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, Kiki Lopez is volunteering to drive our getaway car. Yeah! Where's the van? The van was supposed to be
0: here. (laughs) And the chat is uh, sending Emma their well wish. Uh, Good, guys, good. That's great to hear. So uh, let's talk about this episode a little bit. I always enjoy the return of Hondo Anaka. He's so terrible. I love it. He's so funny. And you just, you really do have to wonder how much of that is just Jim Cummings riffing and how much of it is actually in the script.
1: This is what happens when you put all of your points into charisma.
0: All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get you get somebody like Hondo Onaga, or specifically for a character with uh, a lot of charisma, but only a slightly askew moral compass. You know, his his moral compass tends well, he's to go extremely all over charismatic,
1: the place. and he's also chaotic neutral. Yeah, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's that. God help you when you're with a chaotic neutral. Anything can happen, but it's so much fun to see him anytime he comes into this show. Yeah, and you know, anytime you see him, regardless of how plot heavy the episode actually is, you're gonna have fun.
1: And and that is you can also be guaranteed that someone is going to do something incredibly stupid. Whether yeah. it's him, whether it's Ezra, whether it's someone else that he dragged in on this, like someone's going to be pants on head stupid at some point in this episode.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and not only that, but we also have the return we actually have the return of a handful of characters in this episode. We get Hondo back, we get As Morgan back, and there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. We get Melch back, and we also get AP5 back! I have missed him. I thought he just kind of disappeared
1: into the ether. I'm so glad he still exists and is still running with this team. I am
0: We too. need him in every episode ever. I because agree. Because I love him. I love that sassy, semi-British accent. It's just... He's Alan Rickman. It really is. He sounds is. like Alan Rickman. He does, and it's so perfect. <laughs> and just he has the appropriate level of condescension in his voice as well. So no, J- the 38% was with me involved. Otherwise, it would be close to zero. <laughs> like,
1: oh yeah, and you're even, my favorite. You're my favorite. Even when he makes a mistake, he's like, "Oh
0: yes, I failed to take that into account. Like, I must have miscalculated." <laughs> Just like, like okay, okay, I would have liked Who okay. to have heard uh, how the percentage changed uh, when when that secondary droid came into the situation. Single digits, most single like, digits. But isn't that most of the plans that the ghost uh, the ghost crew sort of undergoes? I
1: have to wonder how good their percentage would have been if they hadn't brought as
0: morgan along you know it probably forget that guy well there there's a couple things working against the crew in this particular episode there's the fact that hondo is the walking embodiment of curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal (laughs) um there's as morgan who you can put him sort of in the same boat uh and but, Morgan's just kind of an all-around jerk though. yeah he doesn't try to hide and that. that's the thing is that's what makes hondo a little bit more dangerous Is because he, he's so dang charismatic and he'll pretend to be your friend he'll oh, laugh yeah. at your jokes he'll pat you on the back he'll he will he'll, occasionally say something terrible and then apologize for you it you know what he is he kind of reminds me and and this is just because i i'm reading a terry pratchett book at the moment so i've got Discworld on the mind So forgive me For anybody who hasn't Read that series But he reminds me a lot Of the protagonist Of Going Postal Moist von Lipwig He is absolutely A Moist von Lipwig type But Moist had morals
1: he swindled after rich <laughs> No, he even w- he went after rich people. He went after jerks. He very rarely went after people who didn't freaking deserve but it. But
0: just the charismatic con man. Oh and that's my what God, Hondo yes. is. And again, that's kind of what makes him more dangerous than As Morgan. Because As Morgan will straight up tell you to your face, technically I still own you. And that's not cool in any capacity. It's like, okay, one, ew. Two,
1: you realize <laughs> that she took you out with a serving tray last time and now she's on her home turf and armed. she just throw you out an airlock and be done with literally everything. No one would miss you. I mean... Literally no one that, would miss him.
0: I, it would not have no surprised one. me if that's how this episode had gone. This episode could have easily been 30 seconds long. And just <laughs> all of them getting shot out of an airlock. Peace. No up. thanks. We're good. Okay, thanks. Bye. Uh, and We're done. But uh, but as Morgan has and Hondo have a proposition for them, uh, they have this abandoned cargo ship where not only does it have, as you come to find out later, vast amounts of treasure and loot on it, treasure untold, you know, (laughs) but it also has proton bombs, which, when you're leading a resistance, is super convenient and. At this point, you'll take anything you can get. I mean, and that's something that we keep seeing a lot of this season is the ghost crew scrounging for resources as best they can. And I love, 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 love the way Hondo put it. We have something the Empire doesn't. We're we are desperate. desperate. <laughs> I don't know, just
1: like sassy gay friend videos.
0: Desperate, desperate. I'm really desperate. Like, <laughs> you're
1: not wrong. You're not in any capacity wrong. And I also love we get that little tidbit of oh, you know, our friend Ezra has been telling me that you've been looking for these for quite some time. I'm like, Ezra,
0: why are you giving him information? <laughs> Ugh. And this is where we get to the real crux of the major conflict in this episode, and that is Zeb gets put in charge, and Ezra seeks every conceivable opportunity to undermine his authority as captain of the mission.
1: But mom... Yeah, it is very much like... It. Yeah. It was my mission. I want to be in charge. And Hera's like, you realize this is the one friend who's a really
0: bad influence? Like... Yeah. Mom and Dad get it, yeah, and and sad to say, and and Hera does not want to do this job in any capacity because look at who it's with. Desperate, <laughs> desperate. I am really desperate. But she's like, oh, he's right. We can't pass up an opportunity. But I, I really appreciated the, uh, and this is this is the thing where it's so hard to kind of watch just this slow moving train wreck that is. Ezra undermining Zeb's authority at every given stage, because I feel like if he wasn't our protagonist, if this were any other show, he would be the cocky jerk that needs to get shown a thing or two. And he does get shown a thing or two by the end of this episode, but I'm not really sure he learned anything. No, this felt a lot more like a season two episode.
1: Because it's like, we're doing things, we're pulling a heist. And because of the way that Ezra is acting... You you would think he would have learned a little more by now. And just the bit about, well, you know, Ezra needs to learn that Hondo's not, he needs to learn for himself. I'm like, no, 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 no. Last time he learned this for himself, he lost the phantom and he nearly
0: died. Like, yeah. That was not a good situation. And not only did he almost die, he almost died in a flaming wreckage as it plummeted to the planet. To the planet. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a special kind of... Really bad failure. Um, And so it's kind of interesting because I actually disagree. I think this episode does belong in this season, given where we can sort of see Ezra's kind of character arc going. And, you know, we've got Darth Maul still running around. So it makes sense from a narrative standpoint for for this to be happening, especially after time has passed since the season opener, for him to regain his confidence a little bit. True. Like, when, when Kanan first came back, I kind of figured, like, Things are gonna be calm for a little bit, and then once thing once normal is restored, that's when we're gonna see this kind of attitude pop up again. And sure enough, yeah, it's it's popped up again. And bad things happen when it does. Your overconfidence is your undoing. <laughs> Maybe I just
1: get annoyed when this happens. Like I think that's the long and short of it, is I am just annoyed when Ezra does this.
0: Well, I'll I'll say this. The, like I said, I'm not surprised that he's acting the way he is. What does surprise me is that he's acting the way he is in the wake of the last episode. Because the yeah. last episode was all about curbing teenage arrogance. And it's so weird to see after an episode of three teenagers, you know, Ezra telling them included, you have no idea what you're doing to have Ezra all of a sudden go i totally know what i'm doing oh but he's he's not like them he's experienced
1: he's done this before he's he's been doing this for a while it's perfectly fine Cognitive
0: distress. <laughs> I'm not like those scrubs. I'm not like those amateurs. I have experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, I down. know what a star destroyer actually looks S- like. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> sit down. Just sit down. <sighs> oh. But yeah, so so it is it's one of those things where it's interesting but it's frustrating. That being said, I also liked getting giving Zeb a little bit more to do in this episode. Yeah, he's been very much a background character this season and we've got a large ensemble cast and a lot of world building to do. So I I get that every character not every character can be featured heavily in every episode but it, it's kind of it's a bummer Been a while yeah it has it's been a while since we had an episode featuring him and even towards the end he you know he did get captured so he fell a little bit on the back burner but it was nice to see like hey you're gonna be in charge this time around and
1: he's it's easy to forget how ridiculously competent he is in command because we never see him in command but he knows what he's doing and it's, it's nice to see that.
0: It really is. Um, and and I think that's another part of why this whole episode is a little bit frustrating to watch. Um, because Ezra's being so obnoxious. And the thing is, is that, like, for a while, yeah, they rib each other all the time. But for a while, he and Zeta, Zeb actually did have a good back and forth. They had a good rapport. Yeah. And... Um, so it's kind of a bummer to see that sort of, you know, regression a little bit in their relationship because Ezra's being being a teenager.
1: Like, it's okay if someone else is in charge, but it's like, no, no,
0: this is mine. This is mine. It's like,
1: you're going to get territorial. Please stop.
0: Teenagers. I mean, we saw this a little bit too when Sabine was put in charge. He was kind of like, although it wasn't as bad. And but I think he if, listens to mom and dad. He doesn't <laughs>
1: listen to his siblings. That's true. That's pretty much exactly what this is.
0: But I, and I think the other thing too is one of the reasons why he was he's more willing to listen to Sabine when she's in charge is one he might still have a little bit of a crush on her. Two, Hondo's involved this time around, and he wants to joke and pal around with Hondo. They're both they're partners it's great' Con does a terrible influence <laughs> he really oh is. my God he's
1: such a bad influence
0: so at the end of the day like I said do you think he learned anything because he did make that little comment about you know oh you never disappoint me Ezra oh, I wish I could say the same. Like, I think that was supposed to be a character turn, and then but the, like, we, joke's on you at the end.
1: But don't we have that in every single episode that Hondo is in? <laughs> Ezra realizes that Hondo is not everything he's cracked up to be, and then, you know, six episodes later, hey, look who's back! <laughs> and Ezra's just kind of will smithing him a little, so the guy's like, look, look, it's good! Like, I think,
0: I think. Ezra always expects Hondo to pull something. Um, it's just what he chooses to sort of, you know, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. I think it, it's what he chooses to do that makes Ezra disappointed. Like, in the opener for this season, he expected Hondo to steal the ship. He's like, "Up, oh, classic Hondo, that's great. You know, he, that was expected. He said it with a smile and he laughed about it, basically. But here... When, as Morgan goes missing, and Hondo's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, oh, it's sad, but, you know, we have to press on, you know. Ezra's like, well, isn't he your friend? And he's like a business acquaintance, uh, kind of sometimes. maybe. partner, no. I wouldn't say that, but, I mean, since you mention it, I guess I will take his share. And I think it's the the fact that, like, it's when Ezra gets reminded that friendship means nothing to Hondo. I think that's where he gets disappointed. It's like,
1: if friendship means nothing to you and we're friends, hmm. it's just
0: like, I keep hoping you'll prove me wrong. It's kind of like in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies when, you know, Jack Sparrow will come through in the end, but he's always going to have that moment where you're like, I'm really disappointed that I'm your friend right now. <laughs> Way to hang me out to dry.
1: Well, and I I had a friend for a chunk of time where it was any time we'd try to get together, they would flake for one reason or another. And it just kind of got to the point where if we randomly happen to be in the same place and run into each other, great. But I don't really reach out to them anymore because I know if we make plans, they will fall through. So it's it's that sort of thing. And it took me a good chunk of time to be like, no, you know what? This is like the eighth time this has happened. This isn't it's not this isn't gonna change.
0: Yeah, uh doing the same thing over and over and I- expecting a different that's result. definition <laughs> of insanity. And so I yeah. would assume that this friend wasn't stealing from you. No, 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 <laughs> like no. They're like conning nothing, you. Nothing <laughs> so
1: extreme. They're just terminally flaky. And so it's like there's there's always a reason that's not gonna work out, but you know what? If we run into each other at some point, great, awesome, we'll hang out then, but I've learned. And it took a chunk of time. And so I feel I I would hope that Ezra has had his chunk of time at this point. But I'm not sure. It's
0: one of those things like, um, where you know, talking to Hondo, it's like, Oh, you scoundrel, and then he'll say something like that, and you're like, Oh, you're, you're a scoundrel. scoundrel. And it's just like <laughs> He's fun uh, to watch.
1: But you wouldn't want to hang out with him. He's, oh. he's a good popcorn dot gift kind of person. But it's not like, hey, let's see friend. No, he's hilarious oh, to friend. watch. Oh.
0: <laughs> Even when uh, when Melch attacks from the shadows, and uh, <laughs> I am being attacked. Okay, honey. <laughs> and he's like, let me tell you the tale of <laughs> you know what happened, and you basically get the the long and short is that Hondo left him and the the entirety of his crew to die and he's just like i'd never do that i
1: knew that you would get out of it i always planned on coming back you get two percent now
0: (laughs) which what a lame cut
1: (laughs) borrowed with no intention of returning
0: Yup. yeah uh but you know what else we're in this episode hmm Freaking killer Terminator droids,
1: T one thousands everywhere. You know, Sentry droids. Yeah, that exactly. The Empire uses on their cargo ships. I would imagine they're a little more reliable
0: than most people. Yeah, probably. Definitely re- more reliable than stormtroopers, that's to say the least.
1: And I love that they program these droids to be like, oh, one of them is being attacked. That must be where the threat is. Everyone converge.
0: It's kind of like there's, there's an actual physical phenomenon, like um, when an ant is in trouble, um, it will release a pheromone that will attract more ants. So if you happen to be walking along the sidewalk and you step on an ant, it's going to release a pheromone that will attract more ants. It is, it is very much a, oh no, that escalated quickly sort <laughs> of deal.
1: <laughs> I feel like you're speaking from experience.
0: Oh no, that's it's just science. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, that's not experience; it's science. And uh, according to uh, according to the uh, <laughs> Star Wars Wikia or Star Wars Rebels Wikia, the uh, Imperial Sentry Droids were inspired by the Dark Troopers from the Star Wars Legends video game Star huh. Wars: Dark Forces. So that's pretty nifty.
1: That explains the terrifying Dorito silhouette.
0: I was going to say, you know what they remind me of a lot, personally? Um, they remind me of that creepy robot from The Black Hole. I never saw that. I didn't either, but I saw clips, <laughs> and it was creepy looking. Um, so there's that one, but in, in a far less menacing capacity, they also kind of look like evil versions of the Monday Night Football robot. da <laughs> da 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 Da-da-da-da-da-da-da!
1: Yeah, fun fact, E.S. Posthumus does that music. Really? Yeah. Oh, For those of you who don't know, look up E.S. Posthumus. He has a lot of really good albums. Do the thing. They're all instrumental. They're great.
0: You learn something yeah. new every
1: day. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, that little. we need that sound cue. Got the little star going across the screen. Let's let's do this. I need a gif. Just
0: Perfect. do it. <laughs> Someone make me a gif of my face. <laughs> it that's is what fu- i want for christmas <laughs> oh that's fun um so one thing uh that we have in the hashtag um oscar herrera wants to know because this is this is very much a one-off episode just like yeah. last week's was um they want to know do you think rubble should follow the format of the cw multiple episode arcs to avoid filler episodes like the ones we've had recently
1: okay so um A show being on the CW definitely has certain connotations for said show, namely that it is going to be very relationship and drama heavy. And I mean, I'm on the Arrow after show. I watch all the DC on the CW shows And yeah, there are definitely some things where it's like, yep, this is a CW show. So saying (laughs) we should do Star Wars Rebels like the CW has me going, no, Star Wars is good where it's at, thank you. I I like CW shows for what they are, but I don't want Star Wars Rebels to be one. That said, multi-episode format can definitely come back and bite you, especially if you have an inconsistent airing schedule, which is kind of what we've seen. We've had a few weeks skipped randomly for God knows why we had trouble finding a release date like this happens a lot with a lot of half hour animated shows is that they don't get a very consistent airing schedule. And I say this is someone who followed Gravity
0: Falls, (laughs) and who is following Steven Universe, and who has been following
1: Robots in Disguise. I am very used to a half-hour show not getting a consistent airing schedule. So when you have a to be continued at the end of your twenty-two minutes, and then it turns out that it's going to be a month before the next episode, for one, you you run into the problem of wait, what happened last time? Who was that? It's been forever. I don't remember. And for another, I feel like the writing isn't as tight. Star Wars Rebels is really good at, okay, if we need an hour for a season premiere or a season finale, we will take that hour and we will use it for everything it's worth. Same as if we have, okay, we have 24 minutes with commercials. We will use every single second of that 24 minutes. And if this episode had been a two-parter,
0: what would they have done with it? I think they're just talking about multiple arcs in general. And and nah. here's the thing, we've, uh, or multiple episode arcs in general, and here's the thing, we've talked about that before in the past, especially in, especially in season one where it took a little time to get things off the ground, and then again in season two when we were getting some character development but kind of filler episodes.
1: We did get a multi-episode arc when they uh, introduced Rex.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean We got and, a nice
1: to be continued at the end of that.
0: <laughs> and yeah. and I mean, even though they release them as movies, the uh the opening of every season is also very much a a two parter affair, as is usually the season finale, like season two finales. Yeah. Um so the it's a give and take, and we like I said, we've talked about this before. There are pros and cons to both approaches. Um, the, the con, obviously, to an extent, is that you get one-off filler, quote-unquote filler episodes. Um, I think what this one is doing, this one in particular, I think this one is painting a picture for what we're going to see, um, from here to the mid-season finale, which it's kind of, again, kind of picking up from where our characters were at at the very beginning of the season, With Ezra, again, having this attitude problem. And forgive me if this is delving a little bit too much into predictions territory. Yeah, do it. But I think what this is doing is it's setting the stage for Ezra to be in a not-so-great place with the rest of the Ghost crew by the time uh, we need to sign off for our mid-season finale, which is coming up in two weeks. We've well, only got two more episodes until the mid-season break.
1: And Chad is saying that, of course, we have Thrawn next episode,
0: and supposedly, according to
1: Chad, Maul is confirmed for the episode after that.
0: Yeah, uh, that is, that is so true. So, you know, that's good news. The the next uh, The next episode is Inside Man, um, and then the one after that is, I forget the name of it, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a Maul ish episode i don't know quite what capacity he's going to be there or if he's even going to be there in person or if he's just going to be kind of like hanging out in the ether i don't really know um but yeah so i think what it's doing is it's setting the stage for ezra to be like fine you guys don't respect me peace out you left i'm gonna leave (laughs) i learned it from you (laughs) dad do yeah. he could he could very well peace out and then go and talk to the banthu um, i miss him I, tom baker i miss tom baker who doesn't miss tom baker <laughs> people who don't
1: understand why tom baker is great yeah that's who doesn't miss tom the baker wonder and, and
0: majesty that is tom baker
1: I need the giant Time Lord back.
0: <laughs> Just like, yeah, go talk to that guy. <laughs> he knows what's up. The guy up. that threw us into a den of spiders. <laughs> yeah, that guy.
1: <laughs> he knows what's up. He absolutely knows what's up.
0: Yes, he does. And, also, he's Tom Baker. Yeah, and um, and again, we've talked about this before, but he like he's a character where um, morally he's in the gray, you know, you feel like he tilts a little bit more towards good, but on the spectrum of the Force, he is right smack dab in the middle. Like... He is
1: true neutral.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: He's in the middle of that little grid there. Yep. People what's... who don't follow D&D look at what I say and are like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> I
0: feel about? like it's pretty self-explanatory. One well, would Even hope. if you don't know quite exactly what what square on the grid you're talking about, I feel like it's pretty descriptive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's where we're going... I don't know. Do, do you think they could be trying to set it up for something else? As
1: Chad is calling a lot of, oh, a
0: mid-season finale is calling for Ezra to be at a turning point. It's going to
1: be this and it's going to be that. And I am intrigued by all of this. But I'm just going to wait and see what happens at the mid-season finale.
0: Yeah, because we, and something to also keep in mind is we've got our mid-season finale. And then literally like a week later, we get Rogue One!
1: We did have a... Justin in the chat say, Is it just me? Could the mid-season finale be the reason for the Ghost Crew not to be in Rogue One? I don't really think we need an in-universe reason for the Ghost Crew not to be in Rogue One. Namely because the in-universe reason is Phoenix Squadron is this little bitty bit of the Rebellion and Rogue One is a little bitty bit of the Rebellion that's over here. And they don't ever necessarily have to
0: interact. It's a or big galaxy, each guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a very big galaxy. Um, and the other thing is, too, is we're still, I think we're still one or two years, again, before A New Hope, where we are in Rebels. I think I could be very wrong on that. I think we are one or two years before the events of A New Hope. Because we have a chunk of time. I originally remembered hearing, I don't know if it was last season or the season before that they were planning a five season arc for rebels. I might be making that up. <laughs> Please do not quote me on that. If um, but I think
1: can find a link for that.
0: That would be lovely. I think the plan was five seasons. So if we're in the middle of season three, I imagine we're still one, like I said, or two years away from a new hope. Um, and so given that Rogue One happens literally right before A New Hope, like that is very much right there in the timeline, anything could happen to these guys prior to Rogue One happening, um... Ezra and Kanan could give up being Jedi. They could all be dead. They could be on, and and Emma and I talked about this a little bit um, last week, they could be on a completely separate part of the galaxy dealing with Thrawn or whoever's left, you know, by the time we get to that point in the timeline.
1: And that's honestly what I think will be happening. And I mean, the second you put something from Rebels into Rogue One, when Rogue One is ahead of the timeline, it's immediate spoilers for Rebels. You see one character, but you don't see them all. Oh, my God, what happened to the rest of them? Or it's it's better to keep the universes completely separate because then you have to try to balance things. This isn't the MCU where everyone has a united vision and you can make references and other things and there's a cogent timeline between all of the pieces. This is still all under the Star Wars umbrella, but it's different people with different plans.
0: To an extent... I would say to an extent i i would disagree with that a little bit given that you know kathleen kennedy and all of those producers are still very much keeping an eye on things i mean the producers for rebels worked on the force awakens like yeah that's that is a thing there is that kind of united not necessarily united vision for the universe but there's this Sit. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about you know what's canon, what's not, and we have to make sure that the timeline does indeed line up and that there aren't any inconsistencies. That being said, given that we have something way in the past and movies set in the future and the present slash again, because we're hopping all around the timeline it allows for the stories to be a little bit more self-contained. Yeah, Like, something that happens in Rebels doesn't necessarily have to affect something in The Force Awakens. And, you know, but at the same time, given that everybody is on the same page to an extent, they can take something from The Force Awakens and make a reference of, uh, you know... And make a reference to it. The crossguard lightsaber. And, yeah, in Rebels, exactly. And that that makes
1: sense. You can take something from the future and be like, oh, hey, it's also kind of in the past too. But if you take something from the past and you put part of it in the future, again, like I said, you put in a uh, Rebels reference in Rogue One in episode eight in whatever, it's going to be spoilers for Rebels. Yeah. And I get the feeling they're trying to avoid that. So I am okay with them not trying to integrate it in the movies, I love when they integrate it in the show. It's a blast. But I'm okay with them not trying to pull this into the future with the
0: movies. I mean, maybe. Not just until... It's- if, if Rebels
1: is a five-season run and it ends before episode nine comes out, then hell yeah, show me something in episode nine. But... If we're still in the middle of Rebels and we haven't hit the end of the series, when episode 8 comes out, don't give me something from Rebels in 8 because I will go insane trying to figure out how it works, as will the entirety of the Star Wars fandom who watches Rebels.
0: Well, and not to not to talk a little bit about like talk shop a little bit, but like television and movies a lot of, those are usually separate departments because they are two very different types of businesses. And um And you do, and I know you brought up Marvel, you do see very similar things happening in the Marvel Universe as well, where, let's say, I don't know, uh, I'll pull a show from random, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which returns tonight, by the way. Be sure to catch the after show at 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh (laughs) Subtle. Just thinking off the top of my head. Um, But you have a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which will acquiesce to the films and make references to the films and promote the films and bring in references from the films. But The films never really need to turn around once, and wink
1: at S.H.I.E.L.D. They really yeah, do. Yeah, never
0: once will the movies do the same. And again, th- I'm, that's a creative and business and all sorts of other things are involved with those types of decisions. And I think it's the same for Star Wars. They don't, like... Everybody loves the films, but uh, the films have also been really good about you don't have to do the extra homework in order to enjoy them. And the expanded universe is great. All of the legends are great, and all of the books coming out are really great and really exciting, but they're not required reading for enjoying Rogue One, for enjoying The Force Awakens, for enjoying A New Hope, etc., etc.
1: Yeah, the the movies are a self-contained universe. Plus, it takes a heck of a lot longer to do a movie start to finish than it does a season of a TV show.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, like the, I said, the production schedule's a little different. The production schedule's a little different, and they they really do, and a lot of movie studios these days are thinking years and years and years ahead with all of the different anthology films that are coming out and everything. Uh, we point again to the MCU. <laughs> Well, yeah, that also owned by Disney. Well, we're um, keeping it in the family. For again, for Disney, um, you know they they've got the uh, the rest of the regular trilogy coming out. They've got all the anthology films. They're the you know they're building up the expanded universe from scratch. There's a lot. There's a lot of moving pieces in that when you're trying to rebuild something. Yeah. So, anyway. That's neither here nor there. That's a little bit of a side. Um it's tangentially related. <laughs> it's a little bit Therefore, of a tangent. We're good. Uh, It's a little bit of a tangent, but ultimately, um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot going on in the Star Wars world right now, and that's one of the reasons why watching Rebels is so exciting, is yeah, this is a one-off, but it's a one-off that comes you know, on the heels of an episode with Thrawn in it, and right before an episode with Thrawn in it. So again, Um, I think it's helping to paint a picture.
1: And I'm okay with not everything being super horrifyingly plot-heavy, and not everything being doom and gloom. Like, let's step back, let's have a character- episode let's enjoy ourselves for a little bit take a breath we go to hell next week
0: let's yeah let's have some fun with the with the charismatic pirate uh before before we break your hearts (laughs) pretty much yeah and it's it's
1: a pacing thing if it's doom and gloom all the time you're watching the walking dead and not everyone not everyone
0: (laughs) wants to watch the
1: walking dead
0: some people enjoy it. Some people enjoy <laughs> The Walking
1: Dead, but not everyone wants to sit there and see Doom and Gloom every week. And if that's not your thing... Rebels is really good at. Here's a rough one to watch. Here's a rough one to watch. Pirate
0: Adventures with Hondo Onaka. Here's a rough one to watch. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da>. <laughs> As a side note, um, they uh, the one of the original titles for this episode was a Pirates of the Caribbean, was a playoff of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> because <Yes>. Disney <laughs>
1: because disney i feel like that's a good enough reason for just about anything
0: (laughs) disney magic i i will say probably um to get back to this episode one of my favorite bits was ezra cutting a hole in the wall after zeb told him not to um and then when they're escaping from the droids the the door has the hole in it (laughs) he's just like ezra I didn't know. Well,
1: you were told, but you wanted to show off for your friend. <laughs> and also this other jerk that no one really likes.
0: You know, I feel kind of bad um, because I don't like As Morgan as a character. I love that voice actor, though. Um he, he was actually in Agents of Shield. He played uh Agent May's dad. Wow. Uh he and the reason I love him is because he played Dao Long Wong in the Jackie Chan adventures, who's oh my the God anti-uncle did you not know that no oh my gosh okay we're definitely showing our age guys but if you haven't seen uh <laughs> jackie, chan adventures, jackie
1: chan adventures it's amazing i think it's, it's season just, three is it's the hilariously dated but it's wonderful oh
0: it's lovely oh my <laughs> god kids wb actually now that i think back of, in the day yeah yeah it was kids wb yeah oh man we're old <laughs> uh, but, um, early 2000s but that's and he has a very distinctive voice so whenever he pops up I'm always like "Oh, I love that guy he's great so I feel bad that he's always playing like these kind of like sleazy characters <laughs> you can like him as
1: a human being and still be like your repertoire is <laughs> a whole bunch of awful human beings or awful people but you're a really good actor
0: he is. He's a ton of fun. And usually he's playing something on the more comedic side. So yeah. it's, he, he's always a ton of fun whenever he gets brought into any given show. Like I said, I just I was like, I, always, I just feel bad when you play the this marmy guy.
1: I love you as an actor, but I want your character to leave. <laughs> yeah. Just go away. Like I said, airlock. No one would miss him. <laughs> no one.
0: No, and not to mention that like on top of him insulting <coughs> Hera to her face, Hondo is inadvertently insulting Kanan. <laughs> and I, I'm sure you will see. You have to oh, see, see it. Sorry. To, uh, hmm. Oh, just watch us. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Idiomatic speech. Fine. It's a problem. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit. A oh, little Hondo. Bit. Well, yeah. do we have any other thoughts I on this week's I episode before we move on into predictions?
1: I think we've pretty much taken this one apart. Just the, we need this, the droid back. J- we need yeah, AP five back.
0: Just that AP five needs to stay. Absolutely needs to stay. Um, and that it. This is fun. And for anybody saying it's filler, I disagree because I feel like it's character setup for Ezra for the two for the final two episodes this season. And, to quote Dragon this Ball Z abridged, season. well, yes, to, fu- uh, to quote Dragon Ball Z abridged, it's called world building. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and move on into predictions. Now, By the way, that updated. Right Have you watched it yet? TV. What? Yeah, they updated over the weekend. Oh. That's what I was quoting. So, yes, uh, if you guys haven't caught up on that, please do. (laughs) Well, (laughs) spoilers. It's one joke. Uh, All right. uh. So, again, we've got two episodes left before the winter break. Um, Inside Man and then Darth Maul-ish episode. So they said it was called Visions and Visions and something which else Which is why I'm I'm concerned that it's not actually Darth Maul. It might be a vision of Darth Maul. It might be him communicating to Ezra via the Force. I don't know. There's
1: been talk in the chat. Do you want it?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, it suppose, according to chat, the episode is going to be about Ezra and Darth Maul's force bond and Ezra trying to break it and Darth Maul reaching through to do a Xehanort dance puppets dance thing.
0: <laughs> nope, you're my <laughs> apprentice. I call dibs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we should make predictions for the, uh, for the next week immediately, um, where it is, it is looking like it's a Thrawn-heavy episode, and it looks like the majority of the episode is that there seems to be an Imperial leak, leaking information, which we talked about a little bit last week, um, with the fact that, uh, Fulcrum was able to get information about, uh, the Imperial's plan over on Capo. um... And it looks like Thrawn is trying to find the source of that. And as a result, Kanan and Ezra go in to infiltrate. I, we, we talked about it last week. I would absolutely love it if Callus turned out to be the new fulcrum. Yes. I need it in my life, guys. Oh, I, I wonder if that's not something, if that
1: revelation wouldn't be too soon. Because I feel Maybe. like the second that information comes out, Callis's life is forfeit. That he is just done. Seriously, I have marked that man.
0: He I is gonna know. die. He's gonna die, and I'm gonna miss his sideburns. So much. Just the sideburns. <laughs> no. Nothing else. Just the, the sideburns. The entire Javerness. I will miss all of it.
1: <laughs> you have a character type, don't you? I do. You?
0: And usually it involves sideburns. <laughs> Sideburns on a lawful alignment. Oh, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. (laughs) But yeah, so so I think that's kind of where we're going. And I feel like, again, given the way this week's episode went, I feel like something is going to happen when Kanan and Ezra are aboard this Imperial ship while they're undercover. And I feel like it's going to make Ezra feel like either he can't trust the rest of the Ghost crew... Or, like, he's like, ah, oh, this is a thing I have to do on my own. God, I hope not.
1: I don't know, I man. just, I'm so tired of, I have to do this alone. Like, <laughs> Firefly did it best. This <laughs> is so something he has to do on his own. No, I don't. No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's help him. <laughs>
0: yeah. So
1: that, it, <laughs> seeing that every time it's i have to do this on my own like you need to sit down you just sit down here's the juice box think about what you've done the captain wasn't a teenager though that's true too he only acted like one <laughs> I... well you can't <laughs> if you haven't seen firefly what's wrong with you <laughs> well uh... cultural touchstone yeah, there's talk about X-Wings, and we saw that clip with the, God, the poor guy testing the speedster. Mm, mm, that's not going to end well I for that poor gentleman. a lot. It's not going to end well for everyone. Let's be real.
0: And again, this is Thrawn we're talking about. So, regardless of where, I feel like he already knows where the link is. And I feel like the, for anybody who's seen the advanced clip with the speeder bike, I feel like he's doing that for the express purpose of, um, fishing, you know, fishing out the rebels that are currently aboard his ship. Yeah. Yeah. I I 100 feel like Thron just completely has a handle on it. He knows what's up, guys. He's
1: he's playing Xanato speed chess here. He knows.
0: <laughs> no he one knows. can keep up. They're just like I don't know. We were just scrambling. Well, Xanatos to speed try- chess
1: is usually two sided. It's it's very Death Note. <laughs> When you're sitting here going, what the heck is going on? And a when you have a whole bunch of Xanatos gambits that all intersect, that is a 30 Xanatos
0: pileup. I was going to say, he's playing Xanatos speed chess, but literally he doesn't have any opponents. Yeah. No one can keep up with this guy. Um, Alright, so I think that does it for predictions, so let's go ahead and talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you, and it is also the best way to let our producers know that you like the show that we're putting on, um, and also it personally it's just the highlight of my day. So uh, we have Alt Word Finder enhances my enjoyment of the show, and it's an essential component of my viewing experience of Star Wars Rebels. Is this AfterBuzz group? I don't have anyone to talk to about uh, it personally, but I do get to hear these fun ladies discuss the program. Love their excitement and background knowledge of the material. I never miss an episode. Oh, thank you. Again, cannot say thank you enough to you guys. Um it 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 warms my heart when I hear things like that. And again, it is the best way to let our producers know you like the show. And we know we have an international audience for a lot of things. Those iTunes comments definitely help, but we can't see them. So please take a screen cap and send it to our way via Twitter. Uh, same with Google Music. Right? Yeah,
1: if you review it through the podcast feature on Google Music, screen cap it, put it in the hashtag.
0: Yes, we. It like I said, it lights up our lives. Um, do we have any... Intru- any final comments from the live chat before we wrap it up for the evening?
1: Uh, Just people talking about Xanatos Gambits. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> are... Anytime I can get someone to look up what Gargoyles is and potentially watch uh, it, it is a good day.
0: It is a fantastic show. You know that, like, for a while, they had all of the episodes legally up on YouTube? Yes, I know. And then they pulled them, and it made me so sad. My nostalgia, why? Ugh, I, like, I was having fun re-watching them, and then in the middle of my binge session, they just pull everything. That's such okay, a they're
1: also legally available on DVD. Support That's also true. Please do... <laughs> This Support show is sponsored
0: release. by. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, that would be so great if we got a Disney sponsorship. That would be amazing. I think we call that pie in the sky. <laughs> anyway. I think that just about does it for tonight. Um, Again, thank you, everybody. Thank you to everybody. Again, don't forget to send Emma your well wishes. Katie, where can people go if they want to keep up with you?
1: You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at KiaJay. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. I basically live at the studio. We have a Z Nation on Mondays, which was just announced it was renewed for season four. So, Woo! heck yeah. Here on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, we have Arrow. This week is the four-part DC crossover. So, if you watch Arrow and haven't watched anything else, go back and watch Supergirl. Watch Flash tonight, Arrow, t- Arrow tomorrow, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow on Thursday. There might also be a wrap-up show on Friday. Keep an eye out for news on that. Thursday's alternate between uh, Ruby and Robots in Disguise. This week is Ruby, And Steven Universe is back. So, that will be Woo! tomorrow. Tomorrow thursday what day is it what day is, is it? Is it thursday yet we just don't know <laughs> is it thursday yet yeah no yes steven universe is back thursday at 8 p.m we will be doing the thing
0: yeah i live here <laughs> And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the TheManguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I I also have an Instagram. Follow me there as well. Um, And I also am on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, most of which you just heard. I also (laughs) write articles for the movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Like I oh so subtly mentioned earlier, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back tonight please tune in for the return of that. I am so excited that it's back. And thank you all so, so much for watching. Thank you to everybody hashtag live chat. You guys are the best. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. May the force be with
1: you.